Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hey, Changemaker, it's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding. Welcome to the show today. I'm super duper excited to have this episode, and I hope that you were able to tune in last week with our guest, Rodney Walker, um, President and CEO of Grant Central USA. Just amazing. He gave so much motivation, just he gave us a backdrop on where he is. His company has been able to raise over uh, $350 million. So it's just amazing the amount of grants that he secured um, throughout his career, as well as how he's transitioned from huge teams of grant writers working for him to minimizing and really streamlining his business. So you will learn a lot um, if you're a grant writer or wanting to become a grant writer and want to kind of hear his history. So I definitely recommend you check that out. And plus, he's just awesome. Like, it was such a pleasure having him on the show. Um, it was just a lot of fun to be able to connect with him. And we're, we are actually going to be doing some more things in the future. So please watch out for that. I'll be um, giving you a shout out. We have a online grant writing virtual summit coming up soon. So I will definitely keep you updated on that. All right. So, um, but I also want to go ahead and just um, before we get into the show today, because we have another amazing guest. Yes, I am having a lot of guests coming up, which is a lot of fun because it's just great to connect with these amazing people all over the world. Just really, really cool. So yeah, so I'm super excited about this. And next week, we're going to get more into kind of behind the scenes um, with what I'm doing a little bit and to give you some guidance on some things that I have been uh, implementing in my life. So I'll give you uh, more of a self-directed podcast next week on some teaching, and then we're going to get back into interviewing some guests um, because it is going to be the month of fundraising in November. So very excited about that. So we have some amazing guests coming on for that. Okay, so before we get into it, I just want to go ahead and give a shout out to Christina Slade, who left a review on Apple Podcast, and she said, it's all right here. Holly provides everything you need for grant writing. Look no further. So thank you so much, Christina, for leaving that review. It really means the world to me. I'm so glad that you're finding everything that you need on grant writing right here on the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. And I do encourage you, if you like this podcast, please do leave a review. Um, as I try to read every single review that I get um, on on Apple or any other podcast player that I can see, <laughs> send a, send me, if you leave a review, you can always send me an email um, with that review, holly at grantwritingandfunding.com. Um, so I make sure that I see that review <laughs> and give you a shout out. All right. Otherwise, um, we also do have the new grant writing book coming out soon. Thank you to all my art team, my advanced reader team. You guys have been amazing, giving me great feedback. And I'm just super excited about this launch. The launch will be coming out. Uh, the weekend of uh, Thanksgiving, Black Friday, all the way through to Giving Tuesday. And it, we're going to have some great things about that launch, uh, The Beginner's Guide to Grant Writing. Um, it is a full book. It includes a workbook style where you can fill it out 
And if you sign up, you can also get all of the workbook um, kind of pages and the different charts as downloadables. So it's an amazing book. It's actually already, it, this is a revision of a book I already have out there, which granted tips, tools, and templates to write a winning grant. So a lot of the content is actually the same, the, the main hub of it, but I revised it because that book was published in 2017. So I wanted a fresh face. I have new branding, a new title. Um, and I included my own story and also the grants formula in that book. So it's a lot more robust. But even so, Wish Granted has hit number one in five categories on Amazon. And then it's, it is also required reading at a university. So there's a lot of strength to that book just as it is. So I'm really excited to see what the revision's like. And I'm going to have a lot of freebies going on into my launch. So please stay tuned for more <laughs> on that. All right, guys, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest. He is amazing, really cool guy. He's in Hawaii. So let me just go ahead and read his bio. All right, so Derek Clark, MA, Human Services Leadership, and owner of DC Resolve Consulting and Proposal Writing. He is an Army veteran who served eight years as a combat medic with the 101st Airborne Division, current spouse of an Army Environmental Science Officer. He transitioned from active duty service nearly five years ago, completed undergraduate and graduate degrees to begin working with veteran service organizations, ranging from homeless veteran and substance abuse case manager to managing regional veteran benefits programs. He recently moved to Honolulu, Hawaii, started a business that provides consulting and proposal grant writing services to nonprofit organizations. He currently works with San Antonio veteran nonprofit. He writes state grants, local foundation proposals, social media, media marketing, and creating event flyers. He also recently began building relationships with the Prevent Suicide Hawaii Task Force to find out what needs they have. So he is really, really cool. He's kind of new as he's transitioned into freelance grant writing. And that's why I thought it would be really cool to have both of these podcasts back to back, right? We have Rodney last week who's been doing this for, you know, well over a decade. He's, uh, you know, got his feet really into the ground solidly and he's been doing a lot with the grant writing. And then we have Derek who's a newbie, right? He's transitioning into this. And it's great what you're going to hear through this interview. Um, I'll just give you a little sneak peek here is that, you know, his wife is um, in the military uh, and they lived in San Antonio, but she was getting um, moved to Hawaii. Right. So he wanted to do something where he could still keep connected to the nonprofit and San Antonio. And, you know, as she moves from place to place, as many military members do, the spouses a lot of times. Right. They have to then it takes them so long to find new jobs, establish new routes, all of that sort of thing. So he was saying, well, why can't I do freelance grant writing? Because you can stay connected to organizations anywhere in the world as you move around. And yeah, this is a great, so freelance grant writing is a great, great career for many military spouses. Because, you know, of that, it, it's hard if you have to start a new job everywhere you go. But if you could just carry the job that you do, doing it online, as you move, you won't have any of that disconnect and you can continue getting a salary. So yeah, so really cool. I hope you enjoy the, um, this episode he lays his heart out he's um shares his story and it's really powerful so i hope you listen to the whole episode um let me know if you have any questions and enjoy the show hi everyone my name is holly rustic with grant writing and funding and i'm here to help you grow capacity increase your funding and to advance 
mission. Now that might be the mission of the nonprofit you work at or the many nonprofits that you work with. Anyways, I am super duper excited today to have Mr. Derek Clark with me. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Derek. Yes, thanks for having me. And let me just go ahead and introduce you guys so you guys know who you're talking to. So Mr. Derek Clark, he is the owner of DC Resolve uh, Consulting and Proposal Writing, and he is now in Hawaii, so the beautiful state of Hawaii. He does a lot with working with nonprofits of veterans, especially veteran-specific, and he is going to share his story. But just to give you guys a little bit of a teaser, Derek, uh, he just reached out to me recently. Um, he's been listening to the podcast. So yay, thank you, Derek. And um, yeah, he just wanted to go ahead and say he started, he's a new consultant in grant writing. So he's been consulting for about six months or so. And so this is great for you guys listening out there to see, okay, what's the beginnings like? What are transitions like? And just to hear what his story is all about. But I love that you reached out to me, Derek. So thank you so much for being on the show. And I'm super duper excited to hear your story today and to share it with all of the listeners and the viewers. Thank you. I'm happy to share it. Yeah. And can, so, you, can you share your uh, motto? Because you just shared it with me earlier and I thought it was really cool from your company. Yeah. So my big thing is a lot of organizations don't focus on actually having uh, the biggest impact possible on mm -hmm. the communities they serve. So my motto is resolved to have an impact on your community. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that. Yeah. And especially true for me with getting down to the numbers of your impact and best practices used to do that with. Right. Right. Very, very cool. I love that. So your whole resolve, that whole notion of just resolving to do better. So yeah, and that you're DC, it sounds like, but it's like your initials. <laughs> so I like that. It's, yeah. Yeah. They're my initials. <laughs> yeah. It right. works well for pretty much everything. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds very like city, like, but it's cool. I know. <laughs> like it. awesome. I've only been there once though. Oh, how funny. Yeah. It's a beautiful yeah. city. Um, my brother, he moved, he lived right out out like right on the outer limits of dc and so i've been there many times and yeah it's nice. a city. yeah definitely very expensive though yeah but yeah it's crazy the housing prices over there but mm. uh, probably similar to hawaii i know um that's what we were just talking before we started recording and i was like oh yeah i've been there too like i lived there i did my undergrad in hawaii so it's really cool um that you're out there the beautiful state of hawaii so how are you liking it so the our transition was a little bit different. We had to stay in a hotel for six weeks before we were able to sign for a house on uh, Fort Shafter. It's an army installation. So the hotel life was getting pretty rough. We had myself and my wife, three and a half year old daughter and a one and a half year old daughter living in a, I don't know, 12 by 16 room for that long was, yeah. that was rough. Yeah. Um, especially with no vehicle right away because mm. they come across on the boat, of course. And uh, they weren't waiting for us, needless to say. But uh, it's beautiful here. Rainbow state for sure. Almost every day you can see a rainbow if you're outside for more than a couple hours at a time. That's right. Uh, the, mm -hmm. Yep. The beaches are always something special. And mm -hmm. the weather is always, I don't know, what, upper 80s during the day and lower 70s at night. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So your wife is in the military. And uh, so you're a military spouse. And that was one of your, was that kind of preemptive to you starting a consulting business to be like, look, I know we're going to travel or whatnot, and I need something that can kind of follow me no matter where I go, instead of trying to always build new jobs in different places. Yeah, exactly. So 
I had gone through one move before from Fort Campbell, Kentucky to Fort Sam, San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And having to find a new job when I got there was pretty rough. Uh, I want to say it took six months. And I didn't want to have to go through that again. So I thought, why not just start doing my own thing? I already had somebody paying me for my work. So if I could keep that going and then add two, it should be okay. Cool. All right. So you kind of started while you were working, you started a consulting job on the side, like a side hustle. And and now you're looking at, okay, now how can I build that up? And I think that's so smart. I really do. A lot of people just want to like, I'm just going to quit my job and then I'm going to go become a consultant without even starting that yet. And they think they're going to make the same income with the same benefits right from the beginning. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, hold the bar. I'm like, it takes a while to build up those relationships and to know what you're doing and just to get set up and, you know, um, like even getting your website sorted out and all that kind of fun stuff. So, you know, it takes a little time. So it's good to have some cash flow while you, while you're doing that that side hustle of getting it built up. Yeah. So yeah, fortunately, financially, we're okay to where I could kind of start over with a business of my own. But of course, the end goal is to be able to support myself through the work that I do. Right. And uh, I have to say, getting paid for something that you produced yourself is pretty cool. It I, is, I, I, it? I, <laughs> yeah. I still have the very first check that I was written for work that I did like this. Yeah. It, it's so pretty cool. cool. Like yeah. frame it, right? <laughs> I've, yeah. I've thought about it. I have to find it since we've moved, but yeah, I would like yeah. to frame it eventually. Put yeah. it up next to the degrees. Right. <laughs> yeah. This, this one um, podcast host I listened to, Sean Cropson from Quote of the Day. And he was one of the people that inspired me originally, like years ago, because he said he was like, you know what? I got to the point where I sat in my house, I looked around and I'm like, my imagination has paid for all of this. And I was like, hmm. I want to be him. And I remember sitting in my house like a couple years ago going, my imagination has paid for all of this. You know what I mean? And like, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. it is. it's your imagination and your creativity. It's your drive. It's not somebody else being on top of you. It's your own accountability. And it's really something that you create you know, and then it gets funded, hopefully, right? And then (laughs) it helps other people. And you're like, wow, that was really something because I had, you know, those, even if it was those sleepless nights working on those grants or whatnot, you know what I mean? You were able to Mm -hmm. actually develop something that has a legacy to it. And it's your legacy, really. So it's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'm so glad that you have your first check. (laughs) I hope you cast it though. Yeah, thanks. I I did. Yeah, that, that was quite a while ago. I, but I did the phone deposit, so I still have the actual check. That's so sweet. I love it. Cool. That was just direct, direct deposit. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Oh, so good to yeah. pay for your creativity and your own work. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, okay, so you're a consultant. You do a couple of things, but before we go into there, because we're going to talk about <clears throat> Derek has a couple of different services that he offers. So I want you guys to hear and listen here to hear or watch this, right, about the things that he does, especially if you're looking at transitioning into becoming a freelance grant writer. But even if you work at a nonprofit, if you're an executive director, these are services that people can provide for you. They don't always have to be internally by your staff that don't have the experience and then you put something on their plate, but they can be consult. You can consult out with consultants or you can contract out with consultants to provide these services. So you're going to be talking about those in a little bit and um, some of your struggles. But before we go into that, I just want to hear your story because you have a really interesting story 
we're emailing back and forth a little bit. And then we've also talked before we started recording. And I just think, you know, that really grabbed my heart when you started sharing your story. So can you, can you uh, talk about that a little bit? Like what got you into this whole field and everything? Yeah. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to share my story. Yeah. I've actually only ever spoken about this in public one other time. And it was to a group of transitioning uh, active duty service members and uh, about the difficulties of what that process is. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would no, say I'm my really honor. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Before you started. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, so I, well, let's back up. When I was 20, mm-hmm. of course, I was enrolled in community college and I didn't see the need for school after school and I dropped out. Mm-hmm. Um, started working in a warehouse. I worked my way up to being a supervisor there. It was a distribution warehouse. I mm-hmm. uh, really enjoyed working hard and, you know, feeling like you earn what you're getting. Uh, but I had a guy who came up, put his two week notice in. Of course, I asked why. He said he was joining the army again. So then we got to talking about why again and what it was like. And probably an hour later, I was convinced that I wanted to join the army and give that a shot, see if I could make wow. it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, talked to a recruiter that week, and I think I was off to basic training within six weeks from from that day. Holy smokes, um, that's fast. Yeah. Huge four well, week yeah, commitment. Six weeks. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Raise. Yeah. Raise your right hand several times before they actually send you, but yeah. Um, and they were giving what they called at the time, this was in 2007, right when the Iraq surge was going on. So they needed a lot more people. They were giving $20,000 bonuses to people who would ship out that quick. So wow, that's kind of what it was. Yep. And uh, hindsight's 2020. They were hurting for combat medics. And my recruiter, of course, knew that. So that's what I became. <laughs> and uh, from there, did basic training. It was actually not that bad. I mean, it is pretty regimental, of course, but the physical challenges, if you like working out and you're in decent shape, it's, it's mm-hmm. fun. After that, I went to Texas, went to school, became a EMT and then combat medic. And that takes about six months. Oh, not long so at long all. Sp- That's fast. N- yeah, but that's that's what you do all day, every day, is you go to school eight to ten hours a day and learn how to do all that. Mm-hmm. So uh, then I left there, got stationed with 101st Airborne. Uh, within two weeks, was sent to Iraq and stayed there for six months. Came back, uh, was with an infantry unit one year back, deployed to Afghanistan. That was the worst camping trip I've ever been on. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that was it. We were literally sleeping on the dirt in the open. Um, oh my God. But mm-hmm. yep. Good experience overall, the army in general. Uh, so then came back, I reenlisted. I got sent to work in one of the hospitals and I managed the public health clinic. That was a challenge coming from the infantry, especially working with a bunch of civilian nurses who were quite a bit older than me. That oh, yeah. whole different attitude there. Yeah. But that's where that's where I got into writing policy, mm-hmm. SOPs, editing documents, stuff like that. And I really, really enjoyed it because to me, it made sense that if you were already doing something, why wouldn't you document that and then be able to look back at it and refine it 
or mm -hmm. change it as needed, right? Mm -hmm. So I fell in love with, with all that stuff then. While I was there, I had gotten diagnosed with uh, the traumatic brain injury, mm. involved in several explosions, uh, RPGs, IEDs, those kind of things. And uh, that was during your combat? Yeah. Time? Yep. So, there yeah. were, so you got into bombing situations when you were there? Yes. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So very lucky to come back, especially with all my limbs. Um, and, th and this is probably quite a bit more intense, I guess, than the normal podcast that you've had. So thanks again for letting me share. No. But, yeah. Uh, this is, uh, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. So thank you so much for doing that yeah. for the country. And, you know, like, it's amazing. So, oh, yeah. Well, th thanks to everybody for their support. So it was one gentleman that I was working with who I he kind of identified the signs, symptoms, everything was going on. And he kept encouraging me to go get help, go get help. Mm -hmm. So I finally did. Got into treatment for all that stuff. And I was prescribed medication. And then eventually, and all this is pointing to why I do what I do now. Mm -hmm. um, I had gotten, I'd never done drugs or taken pain medication, anything like that before in my life. Mm -hmm. And they prescribed me Ritalin and Prozac, of all things. Mm -hmm. and that Ritalin was the ticket for me. Color colors were brighter, like felt it felt good. I got hooked on that pretty yep, pretty, pretty quick. Uh started abusing it. And then during that time I was getting divorced. Uh that was pretty rough. Oh wow. And yep, at that time, I don't know how it is anymore, I don't ask, but if you're in the army, if you were getting divorced and your spouse had made accusations or it was a bad situation, you couldn't stay in the home with them. So you, I still had to pay for the house that we had, and I had to pay for somewhere for myself at that time. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't afford both. So I was actually sleeping in, depending on how hot it was, or cold, in the bed of my truck in the Walmart parking lot in the local town for um, probably about four months. Wow. I would go. Yep. I would go into work. We would do PT or work out in the morning, every morning, 6.30 to 8. And I would use that shower. And then, you know, that that's that's how I did it. And at the end of the day, I did whatever I could to not have to go home or, you know, go sit in my truck in Walmart. Because I think back then, uh, cell signal wasn't that great. So internet was a little slow. Mm -hmm. uh, not much going on anyways. So I did that. And then finally... Towards the end of there, Buddy had a camper he put in his backyard. I stayed in until everything was sorted out. Uh, but having been through all of that is why I feel so passionate about helping others get through whatever challenges they are. Yeah. So I started going to school. Yep. So mm -hmm. I, I got out of the Army shortly after that. Well, mm -hmm. about three years after that. Um, had resolved everything that was going on. Was in a good place. Got married. And she was active duty as well so um one day i sat down at my desk had a fat email about must extend for two years to deploy to iraq again i decided that i would just write out my contract instead of re-enlisting to do that mm -hmm. and then that happened so the transition was pretty rough mm -hmm. but i was going to school i wanted to be a counselor to help mm -hmm. other people mm -hmm. be that one person who was encouraging someone else you know they could get through it surely if i got through it positively on the other side anybody can 
Mm-hmm. That I am nothing special by any means. So to be that for somebody else is what I wanted to do. So mm-hmm. I went to school, got a bachelor's in counseling, and then kept right at it. Thought I wanted to go through, do the LPC route. Mm-hmm. So I was in the master's program for that. Uh, changed my mind on doing the counseling after I did the internship. It just wasn't for me sitting through days on end uh, doing that. Oh, so I switched it. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I feel a little bit well, hypocritical for saying no, that. No, it's but, a good time to catch it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. unfortunately, during your undergrad, you probably didn't have a lot of the experience. So you're still no. paying for these courses and all that for that certain degree yeah. and then doing the internship. You know, that's why I always like, oh my gosh, internships are so important, right? Because you really see what yeah. field work is going to be like to know that you're really yeah. interested. So that's good that you caught it then instead of, because getting your master's in counseling, I know takes a long time and it's a lot of, yeah. Too. So yeah. Yeah. Well, so fortunately I was using the GI bill. So um, yeah, I did the bachelor's and the master's in four years and I stretched out that money. So it was all free. So that's amazing. Very fortunate there. I know. Yeah, very. Yeah. So I switched to human services leadership at that time mm-hmm. and completed that master's program. And that was very beneficial for getting into the nonprofit world. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first job out of the army and with the education was a substance abuse case manager. Mm-hmm. I didn't have, uh, I was exposed to grants at that time, but only to review them to look at my job description. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And maybe some policy, stuff like that. And then that's when we got orders moved to San Antonio, uh, down there looking for a job for about six months. And that's when I started working with homeless veterans uh, between San Antonio and Temple, the two main VA hospitals in, in Texas. Um, that was really interesting. I had experience with homeless communities but not homeless veterans at that point Mm -hmm. and working with them for a year was very intense at times and very joyful at times Mm -hmm. Uh, that was part of the opportunity I was looking for to to help others yeah Um, did you find that a lot of them were in similar situations to where you had found yourself you know years before maybe yeah uh, quite a few of them were, I would say, uh, probably a couple thousand veterans that I've worked with. Mm-hmm. Only a handful were maybe in my age group, like 30s or below. And um, the rest were Vietnam era and above. And they've got some stories to share. Oh, I bet. Um, mm-hmm. But that grant didn't get renewed. So then oh. I had to find a new job. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that, mm-hmm. then I moved to local area council of governments and managed the day-to-day operations of a veteran referral platform and then moved on to become a program manager for uh, the military community programs they have too. Mm -hmm. So that's where I really got into grant writing. We had uh, a big one coming up needed to be renewed and Mm -hmm. I was asked if I could write a portion of it Mm -hmm. just for the programs that I had information on. So of course, you know, no big deal. Uh, it seemed like writing a research paper and a business plan combined. Right. So oh, I, I like that analogy. That. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's actually how I explain it to everybody or what that's a grant really is like. Yeah. Because yeah. you research have to do your market and research. And a business plan. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, yeah. Truly. 
so that's where I got into it. And then uh, the very first grant I participated in did not get renewed. Mm-hmm. Uh, shortly after that, I wrote one on my own for a different program for that organization. It was uh, $1.6 million and it did get approved. Yay! So, Congratulations. Yeah. That's amazing. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was hooked at that point. Like yeah. the thought of being able to bring in that much money that can have that big of an impact on the community around us. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much better does it get? Yeah. So to yeah. me, having an impact on the, the community that I wanted to serve was better suited at that level than at the one-on-one level. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. back to that counseling or that case management, right? It's a totally different mm-hmm. ball game. I mean, those, those, definitely those services are needed. But when you find yourself going, no, I really enjoy doing this other thing better. And, and, and then it can pay for those people, right? It can pay for yep. the counselors and the case managers and, you know, more than just me doing it or just, you know, even sometimes people, I don't want to just volunteer at a nonprofit and hand out food on Thanksgiving. Like I want to, you know, I don't need to be in the limelight yeah. or whatever. I want to be behind the scenes, like bringing in money in a different way. Yep. So yeah, that's amazing. I'm so glad you yeah. found your calling through that. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm certain it is right now, but like all things, it, it tends to evolve and change as you go along. Yeah. Um, like you'd mentioned earlier, doing a little bit extra, uh, one of the organizations I'm working with now, I, I actually just last week had the conversation with somebody else should probably take over the, uh, yeah. So I was doing social media pictures, uh, still do flyers. Oh gosh, YouTube videos, those kind of things. I think that's amazing. It's a good way to get into it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And you had mentioned that that's pretty normal. So it it, that made me feel a little bit better too. Yeah, and you know, and and even I, I recommend to if you have other uh, other skills, you can have those as some of your diverse services. But sometimes you have to figure out instead of just saying, I do everything, then you really do nothing well, right? That's kind of the, the view. Yeah. So it's always trying yep. to find, like, you know, you can really niche down on something. Like, even if it's just, you know, you're doing grants for veterans, like you, that could be an entire grant writing consultancy that you build, right? And you just get mm-hmm. really good because there's a lot of grants for veteran services, right? You have the background story. You, you are a vet. You know what I mean? So you have the experience. So you could almost exclusively become the guy that writes the vet grants. You know what I mean? Like anywhere for around the, the nation. And you might even yeah. build more of a following because of that than trying to do like, I write grants for anybody and everybody. And then you're just competing with everybody. But it almost if you niche down, you're going to become more desirable. And then you're going to be better at winning grants because you're going to be so familiar with writing those types of grants, right? So it, it like kind of is good I, in a way when you niche than trying to, I can do it all because I need to bring in a paycheck kind of a thing, right? Mm. So <laughs> it, Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Spending hours on, I don't know, editing a flyer yeah. is not yeah. worth it if somebody else can do it in 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you can do that too. Like, and that's what I've done sometimes mm. is they don't even, my clients might not know where to even start for those extended services. So I can say, okay, I got you, you know, you're going to pay <laughs> me, but then I'm going to actually reach out and hire freelancers that I know are experts in there. And then they'll yeah. do it under <clears> my, 
kind of guide under my, and you guys still provide the quality control and the supervision, but it saves mm -hmm. them for trying to find that right. And it's something you can still take a, a percentage on or whatnot too, right? So you sure. can do that. Or you could also do an affiliate fee where you find people, they're really great at flyers, they're really great at doing videos, like you said, or social media, or these other things, and then you refer them out you know, to your clients, you say, okay, these are some great, I don't do that, but here's some people that I recommend. And then you can take a percentage affiliation on that too, just for recommending, you know? So that's, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then you already know them. You have that quality control that you can provide. Right. So that's something you can definitely just, and you don't have to do anything and you'll still, you'll still get something out of it. So, yeah. Almost like a broker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. And then especially if they're like really good at nonprofits and you know, work, right? So they know how to communicate mm -hmm. those stories and those messages through video. Because especially with video, social media, flyers, even in some cases, a lot of nonprofits just don't have the skills necessary to do it or to do it well, right? So they yeah. do need that outside help. But at the same time, that might not be your what you want to spend your time doing. Um, but you can help them find those services. Or you may yeah. have stuff that could be an added thing you provide, right? So, sure, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it would be great to work only with organizations who serve veterans. Um, you know, being one and knowing such yeah. a, so much about the population is mm -hmm. beneficial. But I don't have. I only have one right now. Well, two technically, mm -hmm. but. I haven't been paid by the other one yet, so I won't say it's solid. <laughs> I'm not counting that yet. <laughs> um, yeah, not counting that yet. But that's why I'm kind of reaching out and trying other things as well. Like you, you know, you mentioned, got to make a paycheck. So mm -hmm. if someone asks, yeah, you could do it. Yeah, you know, great. Figure sure. it out. Gotta learn yep. it. <laughs> so, yep. But yeah, I really you do too, think though. that would be something for you, though. The whole because there's so many homeless um, groups and agencies and nonprofits all around the nation right even internationally mm -hmm. so i mean that could be something where you start getting in those facebook groups you start getting in those linkedin groups you start being the expert you know that answers the questions for that specifically so it's funny that you mentioned that so i started following one of the uh, office of hawaiian affairs facebook mm -hmm. page here mm -hmm. and oh, gosh last week i think it was i saw a post about they just had a grant for like 1.66 million that they wanted to give out to native Hawaiians. Mm -hmm. So I posted this, this long thing, not too long, but two paragraphs worth maybe mm -hmm. on that saying, Hey, I'm new to the Island. Here's what I like to do. Here's what I do. Uh, I know it's, it's difficult to do these as well as you want. Sometimes mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to find time, hard to find people who are willing to do it. Uh, feel free to reach out and I can see if I might be a good fit to help mm -hmm. your team. And uh, I'm just dying. And then it happened again today. So I sent another similar or I responded with a similar post, but I'm just dying to get a response from that. Yeah. It would be pretty cool. Yeah, know? exactly. And maybe even before you just say, Hey, you know, I'm here for hire. You could even say like, Hey, um, you know, if you want some great tips, I can meet up for, you know what I mean? Or something like that to provide them uh, on the front end. And then they, they'll, cause they, they don't trust you yet. They don't know you. Right. So you want to kind of no, develop yeah. that relationship first of saying, um, you know, I was, a, or you could even say that credibility factor too, is I wrote a grant, you know, a similar one for 1.6. And these are the things I learned from it, you know what I mean? Or something like that. Or 
you know, if you're writing this grant, just make sure you really read the FOA entirely or whatever, you know, that you went through the grant and you found that was maybe would have been beneficial to know. So just to kind of throw out value and then you'll might get more response from that. And then you can hmm. be like, Hey, I can also write your grant if you want. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. From yeah. That yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. So I'll have to edit that. my post. <laughs> See if you get any more responses, but that's, you know, um, a yeah. great way of, especially interacting with those groups. Otherwise they might just feel like it's spammy and your the mm -hmm. moderator might shut it down is just to start showing, sharing value or even like, Oh, here's some more grants that are available for veterans and just sharing those in there, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, and then people will be like, oh, cool, you're adding value, and then you, and then once in a while, you, you know, you might say something, and then it leads back to your website where you, they can get your services. So mm -hmm. kind of like from that mm -hmm. angle might be helpful, but developing the yeah. relationship is, is really important, especially in a new place. So um, yeah, so tell us, you, so we, we started hearing about, you got your, your job, you're a case manager, then you wrote the grant, and then, like, what was the in-between from being employed and you kind of started this on the side to now being fully a consultant or a freelancer? Um, so near the end of my job in San Antonio, one of the grants that was awarded was for or to become the regional best practice model for the veteran referral platform. And I wrote that. and just the best practices that we had put in place as a team worked for everybody. And that's kind of what's put me on the map, I guess, with some of the other organizations and got into people asking more questions. And honestly, I think I enjoy getting into numbers and analyzing that information just as much as writing it down. Because if, if you're looking at your outcomes and you see, hey, we're coming short in this one, maybe it's resolving homelessness or getting housed within a certain amount of time. Um, you can see that and then you develop a way to fix it. And then when you're writing your proposal or talking to somebody about it, building that relationship with somebody who might be with a foundation, you can say, this is what we're doing. This is our best practice model mm -hmm. and it's being successful. Because without all that information, you're not going to, in, in my mind anyways, correct me if I'm wrong, please, uh, you won't be able to prove it. So right. yeah, that's, I love that. That's really important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And I got familiar with a lot of the other organizations around town, started talking to them. Um, we had, well, we, I say we like I'm still in, but uh, <laughs> I've been out for about five years. My wife had gotten orders to PCS to Hawaii mm -hmm. and then I started thinking about what am I going to do because I don't want to start over again mm -hmm. like I had to when we were there. I thought well uh, I've been working with this one organization the organization is called Vet Strong mm -hmm. and they started out they received donated furniture and household items clean them refurbish them and then deliver them to homeless veterans who, well, they aren't homeless anymore, recently rehoused homeless mm -hmm. veterans mm -hmm. so that they don't walk into an apartment that's empty and have oh, that yeah. be just as depressing as anywhere else. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So in a lot of instances, they're able to provide almost an entire apartment full of furniture to those. That's veterans. amazing. Yeah. Cause that would also be is. a trigger too. Right. If you're looking at 
like yep. depression or other types of things, right? You want, it's great to get a place, but then it's empty. So it's, yeah, I love that. That it's beautiful, you know, just beautifying a house and providing the, the necessary supplies that are needed for somebody to live. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and their kind of end goal is to reduce the rate of veteran suicides in Bear County there. And that's how they're approaching it. Mm-hmm. And they are the only one in that region who's doing it. So they took off like crazy. I knew one of the founders, there's two founders. I knew one of them mm-hmm. from when I was doing case management prior to the current job. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> happen chance, a meeting invite came across my desk one day with his name on it. That's how I got reconnected with him. Offered to write him a business plan mm-hmm. for free. Just mm-hmm. we met one day, we were talking about how we could work together as service organizations. And I said, hey, it looks like you could use something to hand out or Mm -hmm. something to at least be a working document that you can give to people when you want to try and get money or, you know, I don't know, media, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I did that. And then it turned into, hey, could you do this? Sure. Hey, could you do this? Then I started doing weekend uh, volunteering with them. Mm -hmm. And I noticed nobody was taking pictures. So oh, I yeah. said, hey, I, yeah, I have a decent camera. I'll just take pictures. Plus, taking pictures really beats hauling a sleeper sofa up four flights of stairs. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. There is Two nothing worse. Than, <laughs> yeah. yeah, different ways of volunteering. Yeah. <laughs> so there I am with a camera around my neck while everybody else is grunting and hollering up the stairs. With You're like, just pause for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so that worked out well for me. And then Mm -hmm. uh, I really enjoyed taking the pictures anyways, but that helped to share their story with their community and their crowd. I don't know how many followers they had on Facebook when I started doing that. Probably a couple hundred, two to 300 maybe, but they're around 1100 now. And that's only been about six months. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. So were you charging for that service or was that volunteering at that point? So it was volunteering at that point. Um, I don't know where I got this from, but a while back, it was probably a book I read or a pot, another podcast I heard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's worth it to do things for free in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, and I, for whatever reason, without having ever done that other than internships, I was a firm believer in it. If you, mm-hmm. if you do it, you do it well give it away once or twice and then say, okay, now that you know what I can do, here's what I think we should do Mm -hmm. with it. Whether that's getting a contract together or just saying, Hey, pay me, whatever, whatever works for you, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, that, that's how I started getting paid. Was it paid through the same place? Like, did you have to have that conversation of like, okay, I've been doing this for free now and these are the results. Like, but you know what I mean? Or was it with a different Yeah, so that was with them, and mm-hmm. they brought it up, actually, before I did. So oh, nice. it, it was easy. <laughs> because, oh, that is easy. You know, <laughs> yeah, that conversation would be a difficult one to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how I started getting paid for it. Uh, I think it was $150 for the first, gosh. I know you say don't take percentages of the grants that you write, and I don't. But mm-hmm. I think I had written twelve grand worth. Mm-hmm or out of two proposals uh, to smaller foundations uh, mm-hmm. before I even got paid. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's, yeah. that's the check that I still have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. And it's important yeah. to, um, 
like you said, sometimes you do have to do stuff for free. And some people come to me and they're like, mm -hmm. Holly, like, how do I get hired as a consultant? And I'm like, well, first you need to start writing grants. Like you need to have something, mm -hmm. you know, cause people are going to ask you what's your experience, especially they're going to pay you. So sometimes in the beginning, it, it, you know, volunteering for an organization for a couple of months and getting to know them and then writing the grants. And then once you start bringing in cash, it's easier to then to start charging because then people say, well, how many grants have you written or how much money have you gotten? And then you can steer that conversation with, I do have experience and I was able to submit X amount of grants or I was able to secure X amount of money. You know, then you can kind of cater that to how you can uh, talk about it. Because it's not really necessarily a score either, like a percentage rate all the time. Like, oh, I've got eighty-two yeah. percent of my grants funded. Like sometimes it's it's you can use that, but other times it's like, well, that percentage rate really depends. You know, if you're working with yeah. startup nonprofits that have never written grants before, it's going to be harder to get them funding in the beginning a lot of times. If you're working with established, well-established organizations that have gotten a lot of money, they have a lot of their their past grants that you can pull from, they have a lot of experience. In a lot of cases, they're going to be a lot easier to get money for and more money, right? So mm -hmm. it really depends on who you're targeting. So I tend not to say use those rates unless they work in your favor because, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, it's more about how, to, how you steer the conversation as far as like what your experience is and with those specific organizations and that you just do have that yeah. experience, right? And then that really yeah. changes like how much you can charge too, right? So the more successful you become, yes, you can start increasing your prices, but that's what you feel like you should do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it really, that's a different conversation. But I, I do think it's important to charge at some point. And I'm glad that that happened for you and that it was easy for you mm -hmm. because that's the other thing is how do you have that conversation? Because that can feel hard to have, right? Yeah, but it can be from the beginning. I think two of you start it from the beginning to say, look, I'm going to um, do this for you at no cost for three months or whatever set amount of time it is. And then let's let's look at the relationship from there. If you're happy with the results, then we can then we can look at what my rates are or this is what my rates will be at that point in time. We can have that conversation then. And then you set it up from the beginning for them to know that that's where you're going. And that's an easier way than you know, to have that conversation. Yeah, that's probably a great approach. Yeah. <laughs> that would yeah. be handy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so um, I've been burned on that once too. Yeah. And that's, I'm much more cautious of it now. Mm -hmm. uh, that it, yeah. So upfront, I do have the conversation and if they can't afford it, that's fine. You know, figure out how you can afford it. Uh, and then Hopefully it still meets the deadline or if not, maybe next time. No problem. Okay. So and you've then been I try burned to stay on in like, okay. So you've been burned on like already saying, I'm going to be charging you for this and I'm saying yes. And then not paying like that kind of, thing, uh, or for basically working for free for too long yeah. or a startup. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Probably about a hundred hours worth over several months. So the that, thing is, yeah. is, yep, you got to pay your bill still. You know what I mean? You got to, mm -hmm. you want to bring cash to the table and it's your value. It's your time. Yeah. I feel like um, before I would volunteer a lot or I would give lots of discounts. And what I found was, you know, because if you're working with nonprofits, they all have heart stories. They all have like these things that pull in your heartstrings <laughs> and you know, they don't have a lot of money and you want to help, right? We're human. Mm -hmm. um, but then I really had to come down and say, I, I still got to put food on my table. And And the other thing was, those who aren't 
pain, they weren't as respectful either a lot of times with my time. Yep. You know, those who actually pay, they know the value and there's a lot, their boundaries are better. And you don't, then I felt like I didn't feel resentful towards the end. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I felt like, okay, you know, and if people say, well, I can't pay, you know, can you, can you do this for free or whatever? And I just tell them, or can you give this huge discount? I'll say, look, um, and this is something I heard before and I love using it because I think it makes sense is, you know, if, if I'm only going to get that much, I'm not going to show up a hundred percent. And you want me to yeah. show up a hundred percent, right? And I want to show up hundred yep. percent, but I won't if that's what I get because you know I do have value to my time, and I have a daughter. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have kids. Like you know that's time away from yeah. things that are valuable to me. So I just don't do that. And actually, that's one of the best ways I've done it to give a no. <laughs> like how I feel. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and then they actually respect that. I feel like I get more respect when I frame it like that. And I'm just being completely honest. You know what I mean? But yeah. Helps yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. Keep my prices where I know that I'm going to show up a hundred percent and you mm -hmm. know, if it's not a heck yeah, it's a heck no. You know, you hear that a lot and I kind of try to think of that again. So yeah, as a consultant, mm -hmm. especially in the nonprofit world, we are kind of pulled around in different ways. So you really got to find your stance and be strong in that, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So that's what it took for me. <laughs> However, since moving to a new location, I have volunteered a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. but it was actually to volunteer to fly a drone over the the recent. Uh, Is that the drone in the background? Health. Is up there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. I was it's like, it. "Hey, is that a drone?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So the the command here, the command group was participating in the mental health awareness event. Mm -hmm. Uh, they wanted to get uh, the largest human yellow ribbon assembled and just a bunch of people wearing yellow shirts standing together, which worked out really well for the Navy guys because their PT shirts are yellow. Oh, nice. um, yeah. And they didn't have anybody with a drone who could take a picture from above that was big enough to get the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. So my wife was in the working group for that. She said, oh, my husband has a drone. Maybe he could do it. So oh, I said, cool. heck yeah, you know, I'll get out there and do it. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And then because my whole intent of going to that event was one, to support their cause, of course, because mm -hmm. mental health and suicide awareness is very important no matter where you are or what group you belong to. Mm -hmm. uh, and then two, to network. Yeah. If I found, yeah, I found out there were going to be 16 other organ service organizations out there. So I found out who was in charge of all those organizations or collaborating with them anyways. I met with him, told him what I did. And then he said, this is great. I'll take back a bunch of your, your information and a card. And the next meeting we hold, I'll tell everybody they need to call you because we need to start getting more money. So, wow, that's you know, great. yeah, yeah. So volunteering for a few hours that one day turned into a really great, opportunity yeah no, no that's yeah. great maybe that should be like part of your your thing right now as you're new to hawaii like to say hey if you're you know for the service organizations if you need a picture or something i have a drone and i'd be willing to come like because that would put you i mean honestly that's it's you almost saving money because a lot of networking events you actually have to pay to go to like hey show up and then that really does start discussion that's something new and different yeah 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 i don't know but that's where the whole entrepreneurship thing comes into play and absolutely it, it's just it's a whole new ball game when you're working for yourself it full is. of challenges full of yeah. exciting times um 
I think in the beginning, transitioning from working full time to working for yourself, it's more anxiety and full of hard times mm -hmm. because you're learning everything. Yeah. Uh, you may not know the best route to approach stuff. Uh, right. Like we talked about, about my failures a little bit. You know, I have plenty of them. Like I intend on getting up at four in the morning to kind of stay close to the, the San Antonio time oh, yeah. so that I can intend webinars and stuff and still stay in the loop. But I don't always do that. So that's, mm -hmm. that's one of the challenges that I face is trying to run my own business. Um, staying relevant mm -hmm. when you're on your own is more difficult because you're not at work attending specific meetings or training events. You have to seek those out on your own. Gosh, just full of challenges. But yeah, that feeling good. to make your own money is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But that is good to bring up, especially people who may be traveling. And it's great because, like you said, you're working for an organization in San Antonio right now. When you, That's your client out there, um, but you live mm -hmm. in Hawaii, right? So, yeah. right. I mean, it's great that you can do that through the internet these days. We, it's very easy to stay in touch and to be able to have conversations. But there still mm -hmm. is that time difference. There still is that feeling of separation. So there are things that, you know, you may have to get up at four in the morning, even though you don't want to mm -hmm. kind of a thing, you know, so there's those, those pros and cons that you have to weigh, which to say, how do I work best? Do I work best surrounded by people? Right. Is that kind of like where I thrive or do I like being independent and, you know, having my own schedule, I think is something to consider, you know, when you're looking at freelancing. Yeah, definitely. And to the whole working around people thing, if, if you have people under you on your team mm -hmm. who you're used to having them do, you know, pretty much everything, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you're coming up with the ideas. They're doing the hardest work possible. You absorb all that when you start yeah. working for yourself. And that can be, to, to me, that's been the most difficult thing. Scheduling, research, uh, just getting something simple done, like putting in a piece of mail. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, Those, you're right. Mm -hmm. it, it, you start doing everything. <clears throat> and you probably hear about that on podcasts and YouTube videos all the time about you are everything in your business or every position, but it, you it really hits you when you have it. to start doing it. <laughs> yeah. you know? I feel yeah. like it's almost more difficult for the different freelancers I, I've worked with that did have very high ranking jobs in their corporate worlds or in their before you know before coming becoming a freelancer so they had a bunch of admin under them they had a bunch mm -hmm. of people to do the you know the grunt work so to speak right and those people yeah. it's always uh it in my experience with working with them they have a much harder time because they've had so much more support in that transition yeah so yeah and that's where it's they're like oh my gosh like i don't know how to do any of this stuff because you have to learn you know it's a big learning curve yeah but have you used um and this is what i recommend to them too a lot of times is to utilize like upwork or uh, fiverr or something like that when you're just like you know what I've, all week 40 hours has been like developing one little thing on my website you know what i mean where you could be out getting clients so it's like I do. why'd you do yeah. it yeah I mean, we've all been there right but do you do you utilize any kind of services where you can hire freelancers at an affordable rate to help you out so i am on upwork as a freelancer right yeah. i've bid on five jobs now and haven't won a single one okay. um I don't bring in enough money from my business side to hire people yet. 
Yeah, that's a hard part. Okay, yeah. and this is something I mentioned to you before the call a little bit too, is the other thing then is you don't have the cash flow, like, you know, you don't have that budgeted in, is to say interns. Or, you know, you had even talked about being an intern yourself, but tapping in with the university or community college to say, hey, you have these great um, internship opportunity, you know, for people to come help you build whatever. Mm -hmm. out. Have you tapped into that at all? I haven't here, but in San Antonio, I had met uh, a CEO of the SA Film Festival. Mm -hmm. He was also a high school film teacher. Oh, he cool. had high yeah, so he had high school kids who were willing to film and take pictures all the time. That That's was great. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that worked out really well. Yeah. Uh, just traded a little bit of marketing for his students' time, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. and it worked out really well. But here, I just, uh, I just haven't been out enough here to, yeah. to be able to get a good feel on it yet. Right. Um, and I'm not sure they, they may have something even for high school students in Hawaii. I'm, I know here yeah. on Guam, we have service learning opportunities, and I haven't tapped into that yet, but that's something I could look at in the future, potentially, hmm. where even the high schoolers have to do some kind of service learning. And something, what's attractive, what I found... Um, that the college students were attracted to my company. I mean, it's just me, you know what I mean? Like doing my thing. It's yeah. not like a big corporate corporation or anything like that. But I found the college age actually were gravitating towards that. Like I got two interns, like it was crazy. You know what I mean? Like they were, and we have a small communications department like at our university, it's not big. And, and it was because it's doing um, interesting things that are helping nonprofits, but also because it's, newer and different and this is where they see the future going is towards freelance work you know so they want uh, yeah. to know about that yeah it wasn't like they were they're not so interested in the corporate world because they know they're not going to get the experience potentially that they're really looking for but with working with sure. one person they know they're going to be wearing a lot of different hats and really learning a lot and especially they see you know the the world kind of going into this freelancer model yeah uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll have to keep my eyes open and, and definitely have an open mind about that because yeah. I'm sure here there's a lot. Well, there are a lot of college students here. I don't know mm -hmm. if they're trying to charge for their work yet or not, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's an expensive place to live. So maybe they do. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, definitely. And I had only reached out to communication students that were helping with the podcast and this like YouTube video and stuff. But you hmm. could definitely reach out to uh, the nonprofit. We don't have a nonprofit management um module here at our school or program but you know people who actually want to become grant writers and help you know you could start training them up ah. and who knows once you get more you know once you have more business like you already said you're getting all these jobs like you you're like i already got a lot going on um you can start them yeah. hiring them because you're training them right so that could be like a look long term at how you build up your workforce too so that might be something yeah about mm -hmm. and people do that's a great yeah <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the whole freelance thing. When I when I picture working for yourself like that, it's carrying around a MacBook and drinking coffee. Yeah, so, not really yeah, it probably appeals <laughs> to a lot of people. No, yeah. no, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some days people don't want to become like a lot of them. Don't really want to become a freelancer, but they want to know. They want to learn grant writing, right? They're more happy, mm -hmm. especially after they they're like, okay. You just get the jobs and then hire me to help you write them. You know what I mean? And they're happy with sure. that. So, yeah, that might be something to be sure. I do have a pretty big project coming up, but so I may need hey. to get help. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Very cool. So you yeah. talked about some of your challenges. And 
Man, I just love that you're looking also at like, how do I, how do I balance this out? And, but can you share with us some of your wins too? Cause I know you shared a couple of wins with, with me before we started. Yeah. So the, really the whole reason that I thought to even reach out to you is because I listened to the podcast about being prepared for the next mm -hmm. grant coming up. Um, I think I talked about that a little bit earlier, but I, I had everything together and was able to submit a couple, well, this has worked out three times for, for three proposals. Yay. One was a lar large one. That mm -hmm. was the biggest deal or biggest help. I was able to sell that grant or me having written that grant because yeah. I already had all the information. Mm -hmm. uh, then the other two smaller foundation grants, I wrote them last, let's see, yeah. two, almost two months ago, I would say. I wrote them and they got submitted. And last week I found out both of them got funded. One Yay! was 62. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that those were pretty good wins for me because foundation grants seem difficult. Like you really got to pay attention to their mission and, mm -hmm. and what they like. Um, how much were they for? Yeah. It was how much? So <laughs> one was $6,200. That's awesome. Um, mm -hmm. For a mobile clothing closet. That's a million dollar idea. And then the other one was for two thousand mm -hmm. dollars for the vet strong organization to buy dressers for the previously homeless veteran. That's so cool. Yeah. So I mean, yep. you just helped people like amazingly. That's and and foundation grants are hard. You know, a lot of people come to me and they're like, Holly, I'm struggling. These federal grants are so difficult to write. And I'm almost like federal grants are a little bit easier in many ways, like you said, because even if foundation grants are easier to write, you know, like they're only a couple pages, maybe some of them, mm -hmm. they're all different. But say if you only had to do like a four page foundation and you're looking at a federal grant, that's like a hundred pages or 30 pages. Oh, of narrative, yeah. You know what I mean? The thing yep. is with that is that federal is kind of, it's an even playing field in a way right? And in many ways, yeah. foundations are, they already have relationships with like, like all these nonprofits. They already have their favorites. You have to get your foot in the door. Like, and I, and a lot of times yeah. I say it takes three years to get a grant from a foundation, you know, about three years because they just want to see that you're sticking around. Like, okay, that's a great yeah. proposal in year one, but are you going to last your startup? Like, we don't really know you. So you really have to do a courting period that is very long, <laughs> you know, to yeah. get in to get that so um but yeah so that's that's phenomenal that you got too like like that you know what i mean so that's amazing. yeah 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 it was a good little ego boost for kind of pointing me in the direction that i need to be going uh mm -hmm. plus it helped me learn i kind of almost a different writing style because yes. to for in my experience the foundation grants you're really appealing to them Whereas your state and federal, it's facts, information, and typically it's just, uh, what, 1,500 words or less in a block online mm -hmm. that you submit the questions. Oh, for so, foundations? Yeah. No, for the uh, state grants that I've done. Oh, state grants. It's, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot like of I'm answering your question, stuff. and I'm making sure that I answer it very specifically, right? Otherwise, yeah, that's yep. what we're looking for. That's how they score. Where foundations yeah. are like... What's your story? <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. And what I found works is putting a newsletter together for, well, so for the Vet Strong organization, I'm putting together a newsletter right now to be able to demonstrate mm -hmm. their victories and how they, they're impacting the community to be able to send to the foundations. Oh, I um, love that. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not new. I again I heard that somewhere else. I read it in a book probably, but uh, the emails for the people at the foundations are easy to find. So yeah, I figure keep keep sending and them. Not many people do that. Honestly, you know that's what I really? say. The foundations develop the relationships because most people just ask them for money once a year. So that's not developing mm. a relationship. That's asking them for money once mm. a year. Right? So developing a relationship is sending them newsletters. And another thing I tell them, especially if they're in the same geographic area, is have the, have a fundraiser or have a breakfast or have a, whatever you're doing. Yeah. Invite them at no cost. Send them tickets or, you know what I mean? Like snail mail them yeah. and make them feel special and be like, you know, we really are, you know, we love your mission. It completely aligns with ours. Please come check out what we're doing. We would love, you know, for you to be there here's tickets yep. already paid for come. like, you know, so those kind of things as far as, so that's great. The newsletter is right in line with that. So they yeah. kind of see, Oh, I kind of heard about this person before. Oh yeah. They send us a newsletter. You know what I mean? So it's, it's yep. kind of in front of the mind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the more times somebody sees your name, even if it's on an email line, the more yeah. familiar they get with you. Absolutely. So they may and be more likely to open it up. Yeah. Another thing you can do too, which is great. And even to what the guy that you connected to the other day with the drone, right? And he said, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to give your card out. Um, something else you can also pitch is to say, hey, can, um, can I come speak at your meeting? You know? Yeah. So, so I think that's going to be my next move. Yeah. 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 Um, I've emailed back and forth with him a little bit already. Mm -hmm. uh, he reached out first, so I thought it was appropriate to respond right away. Mm -hmm. And I asked for what organization specifically he's working with in that coalition mm -hmm. so that I can begin researching funding options for them. Yeah. Yeah. Or at exactly. least if I, if I come across one, you know, yeah. Yeah. So and it's not like, oh, can well. I come speak so I can pitch my consulting company, but <clears throat> Hey, can I, can I mm -hmm. come? I want to share my story because it really aligns with some of your service work that you're doing as well as I found these um, grant opportunities, like you said, right, that may be appropriate. And, yeah. you know, just want to talk about any tips for people who want to apply for them. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's fantastic. Because chances are then when you do that, that you're starting to develop a relationship, but also they'll see, oh, wow, you know what you're doing. How much do you charge? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, so, mm -hmm. yeah, but, yeah. yeah, that's great. Okay, so we heard about now we heard that you did social media a little bit and I know we've gone over quite a bit today that you know, what we normally do but I think this is such an interesting conversation that will be very valuable for listeners. Um, as far as you've done the Thank social you. media. Yeah, you've done the social media. You've done um, different things. You've done the grant writing. You've done video editing. Are you still looking at like more services or how you're going to develop them or you know, you're still trying to figure that out or what's kind of been like so it is really difficult to do all of that stuff like you'd mentioned i mean i could spin my wheels for a week straight on doing i don't know three medium-sized projects mm -hmm. instead of doing one big one mm -hmm. like creating a flyer i mean i subscribe to adobe and adobe spark by the way that's that's my tip for making flyers yeah. adobe spark <laughs> templates we'll for put days. That in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 It's great. It's, I think the Adobe subscription is like $26 a month and you get all the Adobe apps. So that's well worth it. But yeah. I really don't want to do social media stuff anymore. And, and I don't even want to do it for myself. I'm terrible about posting on my Facebook page, my website, I use WordPress and I wish I could just pay somebody to do that. Cause I, 
I do not enjoy doing website stuff either. Um, mm-hmm. I want to be able to just write and review for okay. people. And then consulting, I really like the best practice stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I think my last position with the veteran referral platform in that role, we, well, the organization had oversight of more than a hundred veteran organizations within that region. So I saw a little bit, yeah. So I saw a little bit of everything, uh, good and bad for better or worse, whatever it might be. And I enjoy helping others get pointed in the right direction to be able to have that bigger impact on the community that they're looking for, because it's too easy to get caught up in chasing numbers instead yeah. of the quality of the outcomes. Right. Um, right. So, but yeah, consult, so consulting, although I, Gosh, I get nervous when I say that or think about that because when I think of consultants, I think they're out there having to really hustle and write books and fly all over the world to pay for the plane tickets that they're using. You know, I that seems like the most difficult gig to me ever because mm-hmm. that is solely what you can provide intellectually. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. So writing grants and that kind of go hand in hand. And mm-hmm. I would really enjoy leaning or tipping the scale a little bit towards the consulting side. Right. No, I think you're going in the right direction. And I think in the beginning, it is kind of like what and everything and anything I can do. And then you kind of figure it out or you just see needs. You're like, hmm, you really yeah, need a website. So I guess I can help you. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, exactly. I did do, I actually did do a website for somebody they needed one. I said, yeah, I can, I can do one on WordPress for you. Mm-hmm. Took mm-hmm. me about a week. Yeah. That wasn't, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. But it kept you me know. in the game a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you, you do have to be a yes person for a little while before you can start saying no and be getting picky. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of that right, you know, that passage rights in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, and it, but what it does is it helps you know what you don't like. And what you don't really mm-hmm. enjoy, you know, because if you don't do it, you don't really know. So you might try something and you're like, oh man, I really love this actually. That is another service I can offer, right? So, or it's yeah. the other way, like there's no way, like forget that. <laughs> you know, so it kind of helps yeah. you get kind of <clears throat> narrowed down on that. But I think you're definitely going in the right way because now you kind of see that you're like, I want to do more of the grant writing and I want to do some consulting. I want to do, you know, mm-hmm. this type of work. So that's, you're definitely on your right way. And I would just highly recommend you then just to stay, you know, reaching out to those organizations, getting involved in the Facebook groups and the LinkedIn groups and and being that expert, that go-to person and just passionately sharing, you know, um, and that's what will really make you stand apart and people will start coming to you then because of that. So yeah, definitely going the right way i'm super excited for you thank you yeah Yeah, thank you yeah you make it sound really exciting it is it is it's so exciting (laughs) yeah well here i am about to start cold calling people to to bring them coffee so that i can learn more about what they do yep that's part of it yep i know yeah it's 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 interesting but um yeah i mean i like that you have some experience under your belt now you've won some grants Mm -hmm. you definitely have that and yeah, I mean, you can definitely start work, reaching out in Hawaii, but what's the beauty of doing it online, you already have your client to in Texas and you can really also, you know, start yeah. relationships, which is really important. So yeah. I, yeah. I have a call tomorrow with a potential client, in fact, from San Antonio. Yeah. But yeah, it's, so it's still working from, yeah. 
word of mouth where I was mm -hmm. just more of a challenge. Right. Yeah. But you can definitely start building up those relationships there. So mm -hmm. that's fantastic. All right. So do you have anything else? Uh, did, did you want to share anything else today? Uh, no, I think letting me spill my guts uh, for more, gosh, more than an hour is more than enough. I truly appreciate your time and, and letting me share everything. And hopefully something I said will help somebody out or make them think about something a little bit differently and lead to being more successful in whatever you're choosing to do. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I really appreciate you coming on the show because I think it's so important. There's so many people, you know, we were talking about like um, the different demographics that listen to the show um, or watch the show. And I was, you know, a lot of you, that's you, you know what I mean? In a lot of ways, like, so it's yeah. nice that you're talking about your experience because I'm sure you're um, answering somebody's questions that they've had in their head or, you know what I mean? Like what happens if I start freelancing? Like, this is great. And it's, it's more than I can kind of share because, you know, well, I mean, I can share my own story, but it's nice to have a variety of stories and, we all do things in different ways. So it's just nice to, to get that. Yeah, of course. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So if you guys want to uh, reach yeah. out to Derek and ask him any questions, you had agreed to, yeah, they can email me. <laughs> so can you share your email and also your website? Yeah, of course. So my website is www.dcresolve.com. Mm -hmm. And my email is dclark at dcresolve.com. Okay, great. And then we'll also have the links on the show notes. So if you guys want to check out uh, grantwritingandfunding.com, you can check it out in the podcast and it will be there. So we'll have the links to, for it to people to reach out to you. Yay. Well, thanks so much, Derek. I really appreciate you. And good luck in Hawaii. Yeah. Keep us updated. Oh, yeah. yeah, thank you. I appreciate your, your podcasts are online mentorship to everybody. Great. So you're having a huge impact on quite a crowd too. I thank hey. you. <laughs> yep, you're welcome. Yeah. All right, we'll see you soon. Yeah. All right, take care. You too. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind the scenes live Q&A with myself and the tribe and discounts on grant services? Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this grant writing and funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com.